It's now time for the Friday Night Football Coaches Show here on ESPN-UP, WZAM, Eshpeming Marquette. Hi everybody, Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us as we get you set for Friday Night Lights in the UP. We have made it the end of your work week. Time to relax a little bit and get it kicked off with a little bit of kickoff action. High school football tonight. Hear from all five area coaches. Hear from your favorite coach. Get their thoughts on what they have in store for tonight's matchup, wherever it may be. We'll be talking with Scott Sergila, Paul Jacobson, Dion Brown, Dave LaHillier, and Jeff Olson throughout the day. We'll get you caught up on everything you need to know as their team gets set for battle this evening. Hope you're having a safe trip if you're Road Warriors this weekend. Your team's playing away from home. Be safe. Be smart out there. Nonetheless, there is football this evening, and there's the Friday Football Coaches Show set to kick off for you right about now. Back to Nagani Tanner Hoops, joined by Scott Sergila, head coach of the Victoria's Westwood Patriots this evening. 44 nothing, the final over Nagani. Coach, uh, it wasn't what I was expecting, necessarily, a 44 nothing win. Nagani's a good team, and for whatever reason, your team does a great job at making good teams look out of sorts. About uh, your initial thoughts from tonight. Well, uh... You know, it didn't. I knew it was going to be a battle, and and, and it was. And and you know, we just we, we had a lot of things go our way tonight. And uh, you know, we uh, you know in the second half on that first drive to keep uh, you know the drive alive. Um, you know, we got the boot, and he put it over the outside linebacker's head barely. Uh, Jacob made a great catch, and you know, we had we had some things go our way. We ended up to get the kickoff. Um, you know, and it kind of snowballed from there. But uh, tell you what, that's, that's they're a young team. They got a lot of juniors on that team too, and and uh, we just beat a really good football team. And uh, uh, I can't say enough, you know, about our kids. And uh, um, very happy with our coaching staff. I thought uh, they prepared our kids well, um, and um, they they did a great job. They really did. Third play from scrimmage, a 68-yard touchdown to Ashton Bergman. How much did that change the tone of the game? Well, it's you know you come out the opening drive and um, you know we weren't quite sure in certain formations that we were running what what they were going to do and um, you know if they sometimes they go to a fifty sometimes they go to a forty look and you know so we were we were trying a few different things out and uh, uh, you know that's that's one that's just waggle and uh, um, for us and uh, Ashton was able to get open um, Bex did a great job of reading the outside linebacker he came and dumped it over his head and. Uh, Ashton broke some tackles and and uh, you know when you start off like that and then you know uh, they came out you know they punched us and they were driving a little bit and we were able to we, we were we were able to slow down uh, what they wanted to do and uh, you know they tried to go to DeShane I thought we did uh, Chad Pullman I tell you what I can't say enough about him uh, did one heck of a job tonight DeShane is a very 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 good receiver and uh, um, you know I, I'm not sure how many Catches or a catch, I think he might have had, uh, you know, maybe had a couple. But to limit him to that, um, you know, and to hold Waterman, um, you know, to what he did. And, um, uh, you know, they got a big fullback and they got good tight ends. So, you know, our, every kid on our defense, I thought, did an absolutely tremendous job and did their job. And, um, you know, and that's that's how we got to play. How about your offensive line play? They continue to show no mercy up there. Yeah, you know, it... it, it uh, uh, starts with Sam Gillis, um, Blake Hewitt, um, and uh, Hayden. And then uh, I tell you what, you know, I was really happy uh, for Pavo, Matt Pavo tonight, our center. He's, he's a smaller, statured kid, but 
you know, he's got a heart of gold. And, and uh, you know, Jackson Vidlin is our, is our other guard there too. And, uh, you know, those front five, um, you know, we, we, got a, we got a couple of juniors sprinkled in there and um, with Jackson and uh, with Matt Bobble. And, uh, you know, we challenged them this week in practice saying, hey, you're going to have some big fellas in front of you and, you know, you got to stay in your technique and stay down. And uh, I tell you what, they did one heck of a job. They really did. I'm really proud of those two. And, you know, and, of course, Blake and, and Sam and Hayden, uh, they've been there for us all year. And, you know, our line's starting to gel now. And uh, if we can get that gelling part of it down and, um, you know, um, we're, we're going to be all right, I think. Your team has won five straight games going into the playoffs, haven't been scored on since week four, 122 unanswered points racked up by your offense in that time. What's your defense doing so well right now? Uh, well, we had a couple forfeits in there, so well. we got to take those. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, yeah, it, it, our defense is playing well, especially, you know, in the Ghani minor team that put up 26 on Ishpeming. Um, and, uh, you know, they've been scoring a lot of points, a lot, a lot of points. And, um, you know, uh, we had to come in and do our job and take care of business. And, uh, you know, it was, it's a tough atmosphere. You're playing at home. Nagani's fighting for their playoff lives. Um, you know, and we had a few things early on kind of go our way and it kind of snowballed from there. And I was really proud of our kids. I thought we played a complete game. Uh, tonight and uh, you know I, I, I got to say something to Troy Anderson uh, you know he's been out all year and uh, we just ran a simple dive play but he you know he made a great cut and uh, you know it, uh, it was very proud of him it, uh, he's a great kid uh, his brother's on the team too and you know he's able to kind of score at the end I thought it was pretty fitting and and uh, you know we weren't trying to run up the score or anything just by just running a dive in that but for that kid being out all year being a senior um, you know, it's, it's a feather in his hat, and uh, Troy's a great kid. Um, you know, it, uh, so, yeah, it, uh, it, was, it was a great job by our kids. Take me into the sideline when uh, Troy came back after the score. Oh, our kids ran out to him, and, you know, it uh, ran out to him. They were happy for him. You know, they know that he's a good person. They're around him every single day. And, you know, I tell you what, he came to every single practice. He showed up. He, uh, when he could start running again and, and getting in shape and things like that, he started, he's like, what, what do I do today, coach? And, you know, he did those things, and, uh, he's at practice every day, going hard, and at, uh, I couldn't be more proud of him. Well, now you're off until Sunday. You find out who your opponent is. What do you do in the meantime? How do you uh, look forward to not knowing who you get? Well, um, you know, it, it's uh, that's the playoffs right now, and this year it's a little bit different. You know, you got a couple of a lot of different things actually going on, and, and we're not quite sure where we're going to be. And you know, we could go any Traverse City, St. Francis, and. Uh, um, you know, uh, we, we had to do the best possible job that we could do tonight and that's and take care of what we had to do, what's in front of us. And I thought we did that. Um, you know, we're going to get together, uh, on Sunday, we always do that for our selection show. Uh, we're going to get together and, um, as a team and I, I you know, our, our, it's a kind of a football family. I like it. And, uh, you know, our parents come and things like that and we get pizza for the kids and, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a celebration. That's a you know, a lot of hard work there, and those those kids have earned it. And so we'll do that. And once we find out uh, who it's going to be, and we might know a little bit more after tomorrow's games, um, you know, then we'll try to start getting film and start preparing right away. Coach, thanks so much for stopping up. We'll talk to you Sunday at the selection show. Sure. I got to say one thing. I, I told my daughter uh, and my kids that I would say hi to them tonight. So uh, Sophie, uh, Ty, Jake, and Jenna, and, of course, my wife, if you guys are listening uh, that Daddy says I. Coach Scott Sergile, his team winners tonight, forty-four nothing, and uh, his team heading to the postseason with a seven and two record.
Yes, the Westwood Patriots with a stunning victory last night, 44-0 in Nagani. That was my interview post-game with Scott Sergila last evening. His team once again rolling into the postseason. They have five consecutive shutouts, five consecutive wins. They have scored 122 unanswered points dating back to week four, the fourth quarter against Ishpeming. Patriot team is rolling. Those two losses, they look pretty good. By a combined 10 points to a pair of unbeaten teams in Ishpeming and Calumet. It's a really good Patriot team that's going to be heading to the postseason flying underneath the radar. Taking you through the scoring sequence last night, it all started three plays into the ballgame. Ashton Bergman caught a screen pass and turned it upfield for 68 yards into a touchdown. Beckman takes a snap, dropping back to pass. He's blitzed, fires off balance. It's caught. It's a first down, Ashton Bergman. He's dragged down near midfield. No, he no he's not. still on no, his he feet. Is not. He rolled off an offender, stood <laughs> on his feet, and he's off to the races for the touchdown. He rolled off a defender as he was going down. Bergman played through the whistle as you're supposed to. Westwood had an 8-0 lead a minute 47 into the ballgame. Then, later in the quarter, Nathan Beckman with a four-yard touchdown run, and Westwood went up 16-0 following the conversion. That capped a 58-yard scoring drive. But the Patriots weren't done yet. Faced with a fourth down and goal from the 14-yard line, Jacob Adriano came up with a touchdown catch as he was left wide open in the back of the end zone. It gave Westwood a three-score lead at 24 to nothing. Fourth and goal, man in motion, Bergman, lining up out wide to the left side. Takes a snap, dropping back to pass, looking, steps oh. up, has a man, end zone, touchdown, oh. Jacob Adriano. That motion, what a great play. That motion of Bergman pulled the cornerback right off. Adriano released from his tight end position. He was standing over there by himself. Nathan had to just put some air under it. The second half featured rushing touchdowns for Beckman from 14 yards out, Bergman from one, and then with 2.15 left in the game, senior running back Troy Anderson delivered one of the most electrifying moments from Nagani last night. Anderson busting oh, off one would-be tackler across midfield. He's got oh, oh, he's, he's got six. Gone. Troy Anderson, his first game back from injury, 55-yard house call, and Westwood getting everybody involved tonight. Oh. It was Anderson's first game back after breaking his arm earlier this season. He gets the house call late in the ball game last night. Westwood chalks it up to a 44-0 victory over Nagani, and the Pats cruise into the postseason with a 7-2 record. The latest postseason projections had Westwood traveling to Calumet, a team that beat the Patriots 14-12 in Week 3. They would love another shot to go up against the Copper Kings, who ended up as champions of Westpac Division A. We've got more coming up on our coaches' show after this. Don't forget, if you haven't already, download our free mobile app. You can listen to us live. You can hear us on demand. You can get linked up with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter. It is your one-stop shop for everything ESPN-UP. Download the ESPN-UP mobile app, available at the Apple iStore and Google Play. We have more coming up after this. Keep it right here to ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP app. Here at True North Federal Credit Union, we want to teach kids how to save responsibly right from the get-go. That's why we offer the Kirby Kangaroo Club to ages 0 through 12. The Kirby Kangaroo Club teaches kids how to save responsibly by offering them a punch for every $5 deposited into their account. They can then redeem those punches for fabulous prizes. We also offer the Claim Your Youth program to ages 13 through 17. The Claim Your Youth program teaches teens how to save responsibly by offering prizes for net deposits into their account. It's all available at True North Federal Credit Union. Member NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 
The Market Big Boy presents the famous Slim Jim with a twist. The Turkey Club Slim Jim features slow-roasted turkey breast, bacon, and Swiss. The Italian Slim Jim features lean ham, pepperoni, and other Italian delights. The Veggie Slim Jim has red pepper hummus, feta cheese, mushrooms, cucumbers, pepper rings, spinach, and more. On the burger menu is a classic Big Boy, but also the Ohio Big Boy with signature Ohio burger sauce. The West Coast Big Boy with red relish and mayo. The barbecue bacon Big Boy and fully loaded Big Boy, U.S. 41 Marquette. We welcome you back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP mobile app. Tanner Hoops with you as we continue to roll through on this Friday afternoon. And again, a few of our teams have already kicked off week nine. Three of them, in fact. We have two of them going tonight. But nonetheless, we recap uh, Thursday night football here in the UP in week nine. A fun concept, certainly better than the Thursday night game the NFL put out last night. Denver, butt-kicking, they put on Arizona. Good if you had some Denver guys in your fantasy team, as I did. Nonetheless, high school football to talk this evening, and we've got Jeff Olson of Ishpeming on the line. Time now to talk Ishpeming Hematite football with head coach Jeff Olson. His team winning big over Bark River Harris last night, 52-13 the final. Coach, 9-0, an undefeated regular season. Nothing new for you, but tell me a little bit about uh, how that feels. Tell me what you feel going into the postseason. Well, it's something special, and it's something that's that's hard to do. You know, you get a lot of good teams with great players, and uh, you know, it's it, that don't go undefeated. So, uh, you know, even though we've done it in the past, it's still something extremely special, and to be able to do it with, uh, you know, a great group of kids that that we have, and a, a great the great parental support that they have, and for our kids, that uh, it makes it even that much better. Tell me about last night's contest. What you liked out of your team? What you didn't like? Well, we we jumped out of the gate really early, and I think we were up we were up big by the end of the first first quarter, and we were able to rest a lot of our starters for almost three quarters. And uh, you know, you know, our subs that don't get a hot, lot of playing time got to play a lot, and that was good to see. And uh, you know, you know, as far as the game went, you know, we we uh, you know we were successful offensively. We scored again defensively. It's I think it's the third game that we did that. So. Kind of clicking on all cylinders early last night so we could kind of coast the rest of the way. Well, everyone knew Bark River Harris's record going into that game. Was it a feeling of a trap game situation where you weren't sure if your guys would take them lightly or not, or were they motivated to get the 9-0? and Well, they were motivated, but it's still you always worry about the trap game. You know, I've been, I've been doing this for a long time, and you can have letdowns and, um, you know, mistakes can go against you or, or turnovers and things snowballing away from you. So there's always that worry, but that's a good worry because it makes sure that, um, you know, you're covering all phases of the game when you go into games like that. Well, let's talk about the season as a whole. Going back to August, what is something that you've seen out of your team, how well they progress from week one to week nine? What do you like about them? Well, like I said, they're great kids. We knew that coming in. You know, they're great kids off the field as well as on. And we got better as the year went on. And, uh, you know, early on we gave up some big plays defensively. We really curtailed that now and, and stopped that and had some great defensive games the last, you know, the last four games. So, uh, um, you know, we're improving uh, offensively. Our, our linemen are very intelligent. They, you know, they're they're correcting themselves all the time. And when you can do that, and you don't have to coach everything on the field. Um, you know, you got something special, and that's what our kids are doing. Well, again, a nine and zero regular season, nothing new for you. But where does this team stack up when you compare them to some that you've had in the past? Well, you know, we'll see. But um, they have all the intangibles. You know, you 
it's it's hard to uh, you know make the run that we did and. Um, you have to have great kids. You have to have great parental support. You have to have kids that do things right all the time, that can stay focused on their own, you know, have some self-discipline. These kids have that. But does that lead to wins this year? You never know because there's so many intangibles involved. But um, these kids have have the, have the those intangibles that um, that it takes to be successful. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that stacks up in the playoffs. Well, as you get set for the postseason, as uh, your team staying fairly healthy and confidence as well, uh, how's that looking? Well, we, we've, you know, the last, I don't know, four, four or five games we've played without at least one starter, and we got one hurt last night, and we're hoping to get one back for this week. So it's always a, it's always a work in progress trying to avoid injuries, but I know we won't go into the first, first playoff game injury-free. So, uh, you know, uh, hopefully it'll just be one. Um, and get everybody else back. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that remains to be seen. You've said you've been doing this a long time and you've uh, had the opportunity to go through Selection Sunday and you know your team is going to be at home, uh, maybe not the opponent yet. How do you go through that process and how are you going to spend it? Well, we always meet at the Congress and have some pizzas for the kids and kind of like a reward for, for their hard work for the season and, and, and qualified for the playoffs. So it's, it'll be fun to see, to watch that show and see where we stack up and uh, enjoy a little Congress pizzas in the meantime. Coach, as always, appreciate the time. Congrats on a 9-0 season. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, I appreciate it. All right, Jeff Olson, head football coach at Ishpeming, his team capping off an undefeated regular season last night. Congratulations once again to the Hematites, Jeff Olson and his squad rolling. They go to 9-0, and an undefeated regular season, fifth time in the last 10 years that's happened. Think about that. Five times in 10 years you go undefeated in the regular season in high school football. Can't say enough about what Jeff Olson has done over there at Ishpeming. The Hematites, as good as ever. And they're a team that looks to do some damage once they get into the postseason. A lot of good football around here coming up throughout the area, not just uh, with the regular season games tonight and certainly a lot on the line for our two area teams, but we've got plenty to look forward to in the postseason starting next week. We know two of our area teams will be there, Ishpeming and Westwood. Gwynn with a chance to punch their ticket this evening. Marquette with a chance to do it. They would need a little help and try to get on on the bubble, but it all starts with a win tonight over rival Monotony, and then Nagani will hope to get in with a 5-4 and four record. They'll be a bubble team heading into Selection Sunday. We have more coming up here on the ESPN-UP Coaches Show after this. Keep it tuned right here to ESPN-UP and the ESPN-UP mobile app. Econo Foods is proud of its student-athletes that play for their schools and communities. They see their work ethic not only on the field of play, but also in their stores throughout the Upper Peninsula. The combination of academics, athletic skill, and a willingness to work hard makes them winners. Econo Foods salutes you. Sports and athletic competition bring out the best in our communities, and we want you to know we appreciate your efforts. Good luck this year to the Redmen and Redettes, the Miners, the Hematites, the Patriots, the Model Towners, the Hawks, the Mustangs, and all the parents and fans. I'm Ken Farley from the Bjork and Zalke Funeral Home, and each year it's amazing to watch the student-athletes in our area schools compete at a really high level and juggle the demands of learning in the classroom, studying at home, hanging with friends, and for some, working a part-time job. They represent their schools and communities well, and if you see them on the street, let them know you appreciate their efforts. After all, they are the future leaders. We at the Bjork and Zalke Funeral Home are standing on the sidelines with great admiration for what you do. Join us in cheering in a positive way as we enjoy this high school sports season. 
Welcome back to the ESPN UP Friday Coaches Show. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us. Travel safe to your game tonight. If you're on the road, if you're at home, make sure you dress warm. Do that if you're going on the road, too. Starting to get a little chilly out there, a little nippy up here in northern Michigan. Still more coaches to talk to. We've got plenty of football to discuss. All five Marquette County teams still in the playoff picture as we go into week nine. Who's getting their way into the postseason? Who's getting their way off the bubble? We talk with one coach who's trying to get his team on the bubble and hoping that a conference championship is enough to solidify his team's resume. Time now to talk Marquette Redmen football with head coach Dave LaHillier. His squad 4-4 four and four, heading into essentially the conference championship game against Montemani. Coach, tell me how you guys are entering week nine, knowing that you're competing for a conference title, possibly a playoff berth. Yeah, it's an exciting week for us. Um, you know, being, uh, being Gladstone last week was, was big for us and uh, at least getting a share of the, uh, of the GNC title. Um, but uh, we win this week. We Went it outright for the first time. I think it was uh, 76 of the last time we won it outright. And then, uh, you know, we had a little share of it in, in 2011. But uh, obviously our goal is to uh, win it outright and, and have it all be ours. There's been uh, plenty of nail biters for your team, some games that could have gone either way. And I know you'll look at it from both aspects, but tell me about the way that you've seen the program progress in the last few years. You mentioned uh, seven years ago you had a share of the conference title. You can win it outright for the first time in nearly 40 years. Tell me uh, where you're seeing the program heading and what it means to be able to, to be the leader for that change. Yeah, like I said, it's great for us. You look at the past conference records, and it seems like it's been either Menominee or Kingsford for <laughs> forever. So it's, uh, you know, it's nice to be competing. Um, and, again, that's, you know, one of our first goals every year is to try to compete for getting a piece of the conference title and, and winning that. And then, uh, you know, usually when you win the conference title, usually that means you're going to be uh, in playoff contention also. This year it's a little bit dicey with uh, the way our non-conference schedule kind of worked out. Um, you know, like I said, we had a couple games that uh, could have gone either way, you know, the Lakeland played game went down to the very last play, and the uh, Petoskey game went down to uh, you know our final drive also. So obviously, you'd like to uh, you know try to have those those situations over and have those back, but that's just the way it is, and we've got to do everything we can right now to, this week to just get ourselves ready to beat a, a good Menominee team. Well, Coach, I want to go back to last week, and a really special play transpired. I know it was ruled not a catch being out of bounds, but a pretty fun moment. It, video ended up going viral. Tell me a little about uh, you know, what you saw and how the guys reacted to a play like that. Well, obviously Adam's very disappointed. Um, you know, Again, he just made an unbelievable catch for a, for a high school athlete with a one-handed grab like he did. And, you know, my biggest complaint was, either give us the pass interference call or if you're not giving us a touchdown, which he was in, at least it was the pass interference call because the guy was draped all over him before the ball was there. You can see in the photo that his right arm is taking away Adam's left arm um, and he's pushing him in the, in the chest with, uh, with the DB's other arm. So, you know, he pushed him before the ball was there, so it should have been pass interference number one. And uh, if you don't get that, you know, we obviously should have had the touchdown call. So, we, you know, we missed uh, both, both calls on the, on the play. Um, and, and again, we ended up not scoring on that drive, so that really affected us, uh, you know, in, in the game too. And you know, again, we went down the field all the way down the field. Our first drive, drove all the way down the field, and then we got a penalty. And instead of being first and goal to three, you know, then we're, we're third and you know twenty, whatever it was, from uh, you know the thirty yard line. So that's two drives again that we didn't didn't capitalize and didn't get an opportunity to score. And I guess we just got to do a better job of uh, of capitalizing our opportunities. 
when you look back at last week and you did what you needed to do, took care of business, and you put yourself in a position to win the conference, and that would be your best resume builder going in to try and get a playoff spot. How much has that weighed on the guys' minds this week and been a motivator for them? Uh, again, it's just the, the big thing for us. We've been able to really compartmentalize and, and take everything week by week and not really worry about what else is out there. Um, you know, like you said, the guys have, have done a great job all year of just concentrating on, on what's ahead of us during that week and uh, concentrating on doing everything we can to beat that team. And practice has really been good all week, no matter whether we, we're coming off a loss or we're coming off a win. And uh, I think that's been a, a real key for our guys that play this year and, and even finish teams. Um, Except for the most part, we, we we put ourselves in a position to win every single week with what you know what you're you're trying to do, and uh, you know for the most part, I think we've done a good job in, in closing out games. And um, again, that's just credit to the kids of of how they're able to battle and, and not worry about the score at the end and just keep playing and and doing the best they can to uh, to get the win. Coach, when you look back at how this team has developed since August, is there any aspect of the game, whether it be the offensive line, blocking, secondary play, running the football, what have you, anything that stands out, you're really proud of the progression that unit has made? I think it's really just our whole team in, in overcoming all the, the obstacles that we've had. You know, we started off game one with, uh, even before the season, you know, Drew Gale was, was, was hurt and, uh, you know, coming off his ACL surgery and, you know, Losing a all UP dream team running back was one of the top running backs in the UP. He really only played about three quarters of our game one and played half against Matosky. So, you know, not having him all week really, you know, all year really affected us. Um, and then his backup Isaac Johnson, uh, you know, had a shoulder surgery after after game one, and uh, you know, really so, you know, that a Robert Apple who's been a backup quarterback, really been played quarterback his whole life. You know, he's been our starting tailback the whole year. Brady Rice, who's a sophomore, has been our starting fullback the whole year. So, just with all the injuries that we've had, the guy's doing a, a great job of stepping in and filling in for everybody else. And, you know, Lyman's shifting and playing guard one week or center the next week. And then, you know, one guy's playing tackle one week and tight end the next week. So, it's just, you know, the resiliency of the guys on our team that, you know, next man up philosophy of, you know, whoever's in, do the best job you can. And all of those guys are on and supporting them and, and helping them out through the week. And, you know, I don't know if we've had the same starting lineup all, all nine games and, uh, you know, back-to-back at any time. So, like I said, just the resiliency of our guys of, of being able to, uh, to fill in when guys get hurt, be able to be multiple and play more than one position, and just uh, do the best job at whatever position they're playing that week. Coach, when you uh, you look at the seniors and how they're handling this week, they know it could be their last play in high school football. Tell me what you're seeing out of them and how they're setting the tone for the rest of the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we talked about that, uh, you know, really since Sunday. Of you know, let's not make this our our last game. Um, you know, we're kind of in a in the hands of other people, having to, to hope some teams, uh, some other teams win and some other teams lose. And in, in order for us to uh, to be able to make the playoffs, so you know, hopefully we can get uh, get our fifth win this week. Um, so it's not just in our hands. We gotta you know have other other teams have to help us out also. But again, just just doing everything we can to make sure this isn't our last week. You know. Again, progressing the right way, working hard in practice. And uh, like I said, they've done that all year long and they've done everything the right way. And uh, like I said, you know, hopefully we can, we can keep this going with them, you know, for a few more weeks after, after week nine and, and uh, win that conference title for ourselves. Let's talk about the Maroons, you know, that they're a rival and, uh, you know, they're going to get up for this game even more than usual. So they would love nothing more than to come into your place and spoil conference title, maybe playoff hopes. Tell me uh, what you expect from them. 
Uh, they again, they've had a, a weird season. They're they're still a, a very talented team. They move the ball extremely well on offense. You know, just turnovers at, the, at inopportune times and penalties have really uh, really affected what they've been able to do this year. Um, you know, they lost the Gladstone fourteen nothing on a, a opening kickoff return, and I think they had six turnovers that game. Uh, their Marinette Menominee game, which is always a big rivalry game, again they turned the ball over about five or six times. So, you know, they can move the ball. They've got fantastic athletes on offense. Um, it just for, for them, their biggest thing is, is taking care of the football. When they've done that, they put a lot of points on the board. You know, they, they scored 30 last week against Kingsford, and uh, you know, Kingsford's got a very good defense. They put 30 points up on them. So, um, you can't you can't take them lightly. You can't look at the record and worry about what they've done. But again, you just have to look at how well they execute and. Uh, Again, they're a typical Menominee team that's going to put up a lot of points. And, uh, again, we have to be uh, very sharp defensively on all of our keys and assignments to, uh, to be able to beat Menominee this week. What scheme do they uh, look to throw at you offensively? Uh, well, they've been running a single wing for about the past 100 years. So they, uh, they're, they're simple in what they do offensively. They're trying to get more guys to the point of attack than you can, than you can defend. Um, but they do what they do very well. Um, and since Joe Noah's taken over the last four years, he's had a little bit more fifth component and some double twins look. So they, they're getting a little bit out of their single wing step, but that's still their base. Um, and they're trying just to run the ball down your throat. And uh, like I said, they've done it very well this year with the amount of points that they've been able to put up um, when, when they take care of the football. And again, you've got to be very assignment key when you're playing them. How about on defense? What do they look like? Uh, they, they've moved a little bit between a 40 look from their traditional 50 look. Um, again, very tough defensive line, very fast, uh, fast linebackers and fast DBs. Um, like I said, they've, they've gotten better every week. They had a few miscues last week with Kingsford, um, but defensively, again, they're a similar Menominee team with a you know with a big fast offensive line and and uh, fast guys behind them supporting them. Coach, what's the biggest thing that your squad needs to do on your side of the ball to take care of business? Uh, again, biggest thing for us is, is kind of like we've been able to talk about the last few weeks is offensively taking care of the football and, and making sure we're finishing when we get in the red zone. Uh, and defensively, again, just playing sharp assignment football and, and people getting off the field in third down. Coach, as always, appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck against Monomany and uh, look forward to talking to you on Saturday. All right, sounds good. That's Dave LaHillier, head coach at Marquette High School. More in the SPNUP Coaches Show after this. Are you looking for a new vehicle with a payment that fits your budget? UP Catholic Credit Union is here to help. The Payment Saver Program is a low payment alternative to a traditional loan or lease. It offers lower monthly payments, no down payment, and a flexible loan term that ranges from 36 to 72 months. It's a perfect fit for anyone looking for a vehicle five years old and newer. Call UP Catholic Credit Union or visit us online for more information about the newest, easiest way to be in the car of your dreams. Eagle Mine is a proud supporter of local high school sports. At Eagle, safety is our number one priority for our employees and our community, and especially for our children. With school back in session, that means sharing the road with school buses. Be alert and ready to stop when you see a school bus when overhead lights or warning lights are flashing. Let's all do our part to protect our children by keeping them safe. This message is brought to you by Eagle Mine. Welcome back to the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us. We kick off your Friday night with a little sports talk before your team kicks off for Week 9. Plenty of great regular season finales around the state of Michigan, around the UP this week. 
And we've got plenty around the area tonight, so hopefully you're staying safe, you're staying warm, maybe you're staying in, you're tuned into the broadcast, either way. Hope you have a great Friday night, and hope your team comes out with a victory. We talk a little more football, we'll go ahead and jump into Dion Brown, head football coach at Gwynn. We talk a little model towner football as the towners come in at 5-3 and three against 4-4 four and four Munising, a chance to get themselves off the bubble and get into the postseason with a clinching sixth victory. Again, you need six wins in the regular season to qualify for the postseason in the state of Michigan. Five and you're on the bubble and you're eligible, which win is six and you guarantee your spot. Munising, meanwhile, 4-4, four and four, they need to get themselves on the bubble to have an opportunity to try and get into the postseason and have to do it with a win tonight over Gwynn. Let's get Dion Brown's thoughts on the matchup. Time now to talk with Gwynn Model Towner head coach Dion Brown, his team getting set to take on Munising for a chance to punch their ticket to the postseason. Coach, sitting at 5-3 and three right now, a chance to get yourself off the bubble tonight. Tell me a little about your expectations for your team, maybe how you're feeling as you get set for it. Oh, feeling pretty good. Um, had a Good week of practice. Now we just got to fine tune some things and uh, just go out here Friday night, tomorrow night, and play it, uh, put a good game together. Offensive, defensive, special team. Um, no worries for us. We know what's at stake. Um, just say, hey, got to go out there and play good football. And I'm um, happy the way we played last week. Unfortunately, it didn't um, come, you know, come together with a W, but. Other than that, I mean, we play hard, no physical contest against a really good football team. So, hey, we've got to go out there and see what what, uh, what lives just take for us Friday. Well, last week when we talked, you said that your team could not wait to get back to practice, watch some film after the loss against West Iron County. Has that carried over? How have the guys sustained that kind of energy throughout the week? Yes, same same energy. Uh, just staying positive, know what we got, know what's ahead of, ahead of us. Um, you know, breaking down the film and everything, guys ready to hit hit somebody again. That's all. You know, um, just ready to play for football. That's what we've been. That's all week. That's what we've been talking about, just to get back out there. So, you know, just staying positive, no negative vibes around. Um, you know, just ready to play. That's pretty much how our week been. You said uh, last week a few of the areas that stood out to you: your secondary as well as your offensive line. How have those units looked in practice this week? My secondary has been phenomenal. I, I, you know, I start, I start two uh, sophomores at corner, and they've been really, really. I've been very impressed with those guys. I mean, I think West Iron only had like seventy yards passing against us, and that's pretty good for two young corners. Uh, and one corner I just moved up what two weeks ago, so I've been impressed with that. My offensive line has been okay because I start three sophomores on the offensive line as well. Oh, just got to get those guys more talking. That's what I'm really, really uh, been working on this week. Our communication on the offensive line, especially with my with my sophomores, just communicating with each other. Uh, and when they pull, um, get through the hole fast enough, combo block up to those backers. Just those little things like that. You're working on those guys every every day um, and telling them every day because sophomores have a tend to you know take plays off here and there. So. And right now we can't afford that. So just keep hopping on those guys about taking plays off and just going from there. Well, with a young team, there's had to be a learning curve. Tell me some ways that you've seen your team grow from when the season started in August to now. What are some areas you're seeing, uh, what you like out of your team improving? 
all fines are secondary. He's been young. I, I've been impressed with that. And like I said, the uh, offensive line, offensive line continue to make strides from August to now. Those guys have been doing good. And another thing, too, just, just growing through adversity. Um, you know, young guys with high ten fever the fold. Uh, you know, we started off 4-0. We had a lot of injuries. Um, I thought we didn't play hard against Ishmael when Ishmael came here and played against us, but, you know, we changed that. So it's been a lot of things, a lot of mixture of things, injuries. Um, um, like I said, as far as uh, guys just, just you know, taking a level up, they play up to another level. So I've been impressed. I've been impressed these past uh, two, two, two weeks. Well, Coach, how about your seniors? Those guys know that if they don't take care of business, it could be the end of their career. Tell me how they're handling the pressure. Oh, oh man, they <laughs> they know it. They know it. So uh, you could just see it in their eyes that they're ready to play, and they know that, hey, this could be our last Thursday practice. You never know. So they want to go out here. They want to have fun. They want to leave it all on the field Friday night, and that's the one thing I talk to those guys about. I say, hey, this is what you guys guys been lifting weights for since you came to Gwen. This is what you been lifting weights all year round. Uh guys who played with me three years two years ago when we made the playoffs, you know, they know how exciting it is to punch your own ticket and not wait, you know, and try to get help from anybody else. So they they more motivated than than any class that I've ever had to get out there and play and try to punch their own ticket because ain't nothing like, you know, knowing that you got those six wins and uh, get into the postseason because now they know once the postseason starts, anything can happen. Well, you brought up your playoff team from a couple of years ago. What similarities do you see from that team to the one you have now? Uh, that team had, uh, um, I think I thought that two years ago, team, we had more depth on the defensive line. Uh, but as far as athletes, I got more athletes on this year's team than I ever had in Gwen. You know, and I think it's it showed because if we were to start off 4-0 two years ago, I think we probably wouldn't have won another game, especially after the key injury that we had. We was able to sustain and still, you know, win a game here and there uh, and be competitive last week and should have won that game. Um, so it's not really too many differences, but, you know, we still got Tucker, Steph, Eddie, those guys from two years ago, uh, Mason. So it's like four guys that played two years ago. So those are some similarities. Um, you can't uh, compare anybody with Bosworth, who I had two years ago, was an outstanding running back. I thought he was one of the backs in the best running backs in the state of Michigan. So, uh, but the offense, I think probably the offensive line was a little bit better two years ago. But my D line is probably better now, and my secondary is a little bit better. So it 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 it, it weighs itself out a little bit. Uh, more depth this year for our athletes, like I was saying. So, um, you know, just hoping we can finish with the same record as we did two years ago. So that's the big thing. Coach, let's talk about Munising. Tell me what they're going to throw at you offensively. Oh man, um, they they pose a challenge. You know, they you can tell that they got athletes. Athletes. That's why they always have a really good basketball team. Um, Hooterie could play the quarterback. Mason is a great running back. Uh, Matson could catch the ball. Two big tight ends. Uh, wide receivers, good. Um, so offensively, there they, they they pose a threat, you know, because they could run in between the tackles with Mason. The running back is really good. Remind me of a back that I had a few years ago in Devin Dock. Uh, strong, low, 
low low gravity to the ground, low center of gravity to the ground. Uh, you know, I've seen really one. He got a game tackle. I only seen one guy bring him down. Um, so I think offensively, that's that's going to be our biggest challenge to trying to stop that that offense when they line up in those double tight in that high formation. What does your defense need to do? Whether it be staying at home, bring some pressure, what have you? How do you match their double tight ends? Uh, just staying at home and, and reading our keys. That's that's pretty much about it. When you're playing a team like this, you got to read your keys. They love to try that pop pass and everything. So try to keep everything in that box. You don't want to try to get those. We don't want those guys to get outside. We want to keep everything in that in that box, and you know, and try to force them to, to pass the ball a little bit more than they want to do it, and then let our athletes, you know, take over. How about defensively? What will Minnesota bring to the table? Oh, uh, they switch it up a little bit. Sometimes you see them in a forty. Uh, they played a fifty a little bit against Ishmael, a six front. So you know, we, what we want to try to do is just got to get to that second level, the secondary, but. Um, they get to the ball, they get to the ball, and I see when the ball is in the air, they, they, it seems like every team I've watched them play, they've got one or two interceptions because they got great hands in the secondary. Secondary plays the ball pretty good. So that's what I've been impressed with uh, them on the defensive side of the ball. Well, motivation's not going to be a problem for either team. Obviously, you know what's at stake for the Towners. Mavison is trying to get themselves on the bubble. They're looking for their fifth win. Is this going to be a game with high energy, emotion, maybe who, who wants it more? That's what it comes down to, pretty much. That's what this game will come down to. You know, uh, who wants it more? And, hey, let make the best team win. Uh, if, like I was telling guys, I say, if you need motivation for this one, then, hey, you shouldn't be playing football. It's just that simple with me. So, guys know what's at stake. Uh, I know what's at stake. Hey, let's go out there and have some fun. Coach, as always, appreciate the time. Best of luck against Munising. Look forward to talking on Saturday. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Thank you. That's Dion Brown, head football coach at Gwen High School, his team taking on Munising. We continue on the SPN-UP Friday afternoon coaches show. Tanner Hoops joined by Jake Duran of CBS Marquette. Jake, generally we're kicking off Friday with uh, the coaches show to kick off Friday football, and uh, most of the teams have beat us to it with a few going on Thursday night this week. I like the concept of Thursday night football in week nine up here in northern Michigan. And we had some pretty uh, entertaining games from the area, we should say. At least uh, plenty to talk about with lopsided scores, as many as you know they can be. Uh, Westwood winning 44 nothing over Nagani. Ishpeming no problems with Bark River Harris. Uh, you and I were both at the Westwood-Nagani uh, game last night. Give me your initial thoughts on that one. Well, I was honestly surprised at the outcome. I did not expect a 44 to nothing final score there. I thought uh, Nagani being at home, obviously with the, the playoff, uh, you know, ticket on the line there, um, I thought Nagani would come out and play a lot better than they did. But I think early on what seemed to happen was everything just kept going, was just going right for Westwood. Um, you had some bounces go their way. Obviously they had a, a kickoff return where they got the ball back that really, you know, kind of, I think, took the sales out of Nagani a little bit when they're already down two scores. Um, but you got to hand it to Westwood, and they kind of had that statement win last night just going into the playoffs. I think um, a lot of people, including myself, after that Ishpeming game, um, Westwood early on or in the middle of the season, uh, a lot of people kind of wrote Westwood off a little bit. You know, I think you know they were one of those teams that people were saying were, were one of the better teams in the UP, but once they had that, that um, not – great showing against that Ishpeming team. I think we all kind of just put them under the radar just a bit, but they made a huge statement. Uh, that running game was 
was huge last night. They even got uh, the passing game going a little bit. And then you got to hand it to that defense. I mean, they were they were swarming to the ball, um, flying, hitting guys. And they look like a complete team going into the postseason. I think they're a very dangerous team. And, and um, you know, I think they're a team to be reckoned with um, once we once we get into the postseason. And then obviously with Ishbring going to Barker or Harris, I think that was just a, a game we knew knew that was going to happen. I mean, Ishbring is really good, uh, 9-0 and now. Another perfect regular season. I think it's their fifth in the last ten years. Um, what can you say about Jeff Olson and company? This team has just, just been rolling all season. This team is going to be one of those teams that make a deep run, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them down playing for a state title this year. Well, you feel for Nagani and the way that this season has gone. A few different breaks, and they're right there on the cusp, and uh, even getting into the postseason. They sit at 5-4. and four. They hope that's enough to get them off the bubble. Entering this weekend, they were one of the first five teams out, so they're right there. But they're going to need some help if they want to get in. Based on what you've seen right now, do they get in, or is it going to be a non-playoff year? You know, this is going to be so close. I, I wish they had a better outing against Westwood. Mm-hmm. I think if they put up a fight against Westwood, um, I'd be leaning a little bit more towards them making the playoffs. Um, obviously, you know, any team from the UP, you'd love to see to see in the playoffs. I would love to see Nagani in the playoffs, but. If they go and if they do get in the playoffs and they come out and play kind of you know similar to how they played against against Westwood there, it's going to be it's going to be a quick quick playoff run for them. Um, but do I see them getting in? It, it, it's up in the air for me. It's fifty fifty. Um, my gut instinct says says they don't. But I really hope they do. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, all of us hoping that Nagani can find a way to get into the postseason, albeit maybe with a little help. How about Gwynn? They're trying to punch their ticket this evening. They've got Munising, who was whitewashed last week. Gwynn has been playing some pretty good football here as of late. They continue to get a little more healthy, and they're right there on the doorstep. Can't say enough about what Deion Brown's done over there this season. Yeah, man, they, you know, they were dealing with a lot of injuries to a lot of key guys. I know their quarterback went down, their, their starting running back went down for a while, but you know, they, they played last week. They didn't play a terrible game. They lost 12-6, to so a defensive game. They should have won that game against West Iron County. West Iron County is a really good football team, and they, they hung in there. They, they had a touchdown taken back because of a, a controversial roughing the passer call or, or uh, I think it was a roughing the passer call or unnecessary roughness or something of that nature. Um, took, took a score away from them, and, and they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. I think if they clean up the penalties, and obviously just get the ball to their playmakers. I think Seth Ajo needs to touch the ball, you know, as, you know, as many times as you can get that, that uh, him the ball, you need to get him the ball. Um, and, and Tucker Taylor, he's been getting double teamed a lot, um, and he should be. He's a really, really good player. Hopefully they can get him him involved a little bit early. And I think I think Gwynn has a good opportunity to go to Munising and, and win. Obviously Munising, they're not a bad team in, the, in their own right, but I think if Gwynn puts together a full game, um, plays to their potential on both sides of the ball. I don't see them. Uh, I don't see why they can't win this game. And, and obviously, with that motivation too of, of your, when you're in, um, should be a, a, enough to push Gwyn over over that hump and, and get the win tonight. Well, you talked about last week, and certainly their defense took a big step forward last week against West Iron County. Lastly, how about Marquette? A chance to win the conference. Uh, title tonight they can do it outright for the first time since the 70s and they can potentially get themselves on the postseason bubble five and four conference champion if that holds do you see marquette getting in um this is a team this is yeah i mean i i I really like this marquette team i know that the ball didn't bounce their way they lost a couple close games and, and obviously starting the season off with those two tough games downstate 
Um, but this team's been coming on really well. That you know they they play well in these pressure situations. Um, they're one of the teams that like actually pass the ball up here in the UP, which is really refreshing to see. Um, you know they they like to pass the ball and they like to sling it with Kasky and Mardish and Jencheck and all those guys. They have some really talented guys. Um, I think this is a team that if they win and, and they win handily tonight, which which is very likely. I mean they're playing a, a Menominee team that's that's one in seven on the year. Um, I think that it's a team that, that could potentially get in. I don't see, you know, they don't really have a weakness. And I think it's a team that could get in and, and make a little bit of noise um, if they were able to do that. I like this Marquette team. I've, I've said it since the beginning. It's one of the more, more talented teams on paper. And, um, you know, if they can put together a full game, uh, this is a team that's hard to beat. You know, they can put up a lot of points, and, and they have some guys on the defensive end that can get it done as well. So I really do like the Redmen. Jake Duran of CBS Marquette giving us his thoughts on high school football in week nine. Jake, as always, thanks for the time. Look forward to talking again soon. Definitely. Thanks for having me, man. You don't just want your bank to be a place where you park your money. You want it to be your partner in putting your money to work for you. At MBank, we believe in the power of exceptional banking products and services delivered by friendly, experienced people. Community-focused, client-driven. That's our commitment to you. It's about supporting our communities. It's about empowering our clients to make sound financial decisions. It's about being your financial partner. Make the move to MBank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Dave's Collision in Ishpeming specializes in scratch and dent repair as well as other major collision repairs, including metalwork, painting, and collision-related mechanical work. Dave's uses quality Exalta paint to ensure a clean, shiny, color match finish. With over 26 years of experience, Dave, with the help of his qualified staff, has the knowledge to restore your vehicle to pre-accident condition. Make the right decision. Choose Dave's Collision. Call 485-1211. That's 485-1211. Welcome back to the Friday Football Coaches Show here on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP mobile app. Tanner Hoops with you. Hope your Friday, your work week were both excellent. And we hope that whatever football game you're going to be paying attention to this evening is excellent as well, especially if you're rooting for one of our area teams. We've heard from four of our five coaches. we got one more to go. Let's get to them now. Time now to talk Nagani minor football with head coach Paul Jacobson. Coach, a 44-0 loss for your guys last night. Obviously tough one to swallow. Give me your initial thoughts from the evening. No, just uh, it has a good football team. You know, they get up early on us. And, uh, you know, I think uh, it was hard to come out of that come out of that hole. You know, they come in and come down the uh, come out field for the third play. Um, you know, we didn't convert in the next series, and they go down and score again, and they get the onside. Uh, it's tough, you know. You, you dig yourself a hole. It's a good football team. It's going to be a going to be a long night for you. Well, you know your team, uh, the situation that they're in at five and four, uh, bubble team, and not sure if the season ended or if you still got a little way to go. What was your message in the locker room after the game, given the situation? Well, it's tough, you know. Anytime you're, you know, you, you, you bring your season to the end like this, and we've been doing this, we've been doing this a long time, you know, as a staff. And hardest thing is to say goodbye to seniors, you know. And that's, uh, you know, we don't know if we're going to be in or not, but. Um, obviously emotional, you know, you got, you got some kids that, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, worked hard, um, this year, you know, the senior group was a, you know, we said the year doesn't matter what the record's going to be. It's, it's, it's a great team. It's a good group of guys to be around and we're going to have fun with them. And, and, it, and it was, it was a great season. Um, you know, every one of those kids worked hard. It was great to be around, um, fun to be in the locker room with, you know, we had some great leadership. You know, Colin Ramalong, Pete Anderson, two of our captains that, that I think had a tremendous year, Theo Kumpula, all these guys, you know, I think uh, it was fun to be around, fun to be with them, and fun to be a part of the team. 
Tell me the biggest uh, changes you've seen in them since they were underclassmen to what they are now. Man, it's it's, it's great watching the transition of, of teams, you know, especially when you when you see kids at the middle school level and how they mature and how they grow up and how they develop as not just football players but people. And, uh, you know, this, this senior group here, uh, I think really, um, you know, from, from day one as seventh graders all through to, to seniors, um, they love being around each other. They enjoy, they're, they're just good kids, you know, um, and to, to watch them, you know, transpire into a, into a good football player, it was, it was fun to watch and fun to be a part of. Let's look back at the regular season. Obviously not the start that you wanted. Then your team seemed to turn it around after a game-winning field goal in week three. Played some really good football after that. Tell me about some ways that you've seen your team as a whole grow from August to now. Well, the leadership's the biggest thing. You know, when you look at yeah, we, we, we wish you had the first two back and had another chance at, at, at Iron Mountain and Calumet, which are, you know, two obviously good football teams. But um, I think that the, the Hancock gave us the confidence that we needed. We're able to, uh, you know, I think some kids stepped up and, and took some ownership um, in the team, and uh, that was the difference right there. You know, they they really uh, they brought that to practice every day and continued to work hard, no matter what what you know what the weather was like or whatever, what the situation was. You know, they were consistent in, in how they worked and the, the output that they put into it. And um, yeah, you know, you don't want to end on that note, but you know, we, we always say to, to everybody, there's just really ten teams that go home happy at the end of the season. That's the Eight state champions and all the two and in, in eight man football. So it's uh, it's it, it, it's tough always when you when you bring in the, the finality to it. But uh, you know, again, it was happy. It was happy to be a part of this team and uh, it was a good good group of young men. Coach, if last night was indeed the final game of the year, do you have any memory from this season that stands out as being the most special to you? You know, just the group as a whole. And you know, I don't know if there's one thing. You know, we'll go back and. You know, it's always good to see these guys, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down, down the road because it's not that they're going to sit there at these uh, reunions and that. And they're not going to sit there and talk about uh, a problem in physics or, uh, you know, it's they're going to get together and uh, talk about games. You know, even like last night, you know, we competed at times, um, maybe not enough that we needed to to, to, to be on the same level as Westwood. Uh, but they're going to talk about the, the Ishbrings and the Westwood games and, um, you know the hard fought battles that they're in, and, and, and that's that's what's special to me. That's what that's what I do this for. That's why I enjoy the most is being able to sit down with these kids down the road, and uh, and go through things. Because you know it's a uh, it is it's it's a it's a bond that it's hard to explain to people that haven't been involved with it before. But it's a it, it really it, it's a sense of brotherhood once you're into it, and uh, it, it's really fun to be a part of. You mentioned that sense of brotherhood, and it's a unique culture over there at Nagani. Obviously, a strong football tradition. Tell me what being a part of minor football means to you. Oh man, you know it's, that's that's a huge question because you know uh, I've been fortunate not only to, to, to play for a, a legend in Tikoski and, and, and the Nagani uh, football family, but um, you know, and then to come back and have be able to coach with him and then coach uh, the team myself, it's it's. Uh, it's remarkable, you know. I, I just know I'm a part of something special. It's not not about me. It's not about any one person in particular. It's just a it's a bigger picture. You know, you walk in the locker room, you see the the team pictures on the wall, and you see the kids, uh, you know, the young men that that, that received all state honors in the in the big room from 19 whatever 68 to the present. You know, and it's uh you, you know you're you know you're a you're a part of something special, and and, and we're just trying to you know keep the tradition alive and. And, uh, and try to pass on this tradition to the younger generations.
Coach, as always, appreciate the time. Best of luck on Sunday when uh, we hope that your name's called, and uh, hopefully we'll talk a little more down the postseason road. All right. Thanks, eh? Once again, to recap how this week has gone, we have more than half our area teams already completing their Week 9 games. Ishpeming Westwood winners last night, and Nagani falling to 5-4 and four after falling 44 nothing at Miner Stadium on Thursday. You have Gwen and Marquette playing tonight. They're both trying to get into the postseason. Gwen is trying to get off the playoff bubble. Marquette is trying to get on it. Gwynn comes in at 5-3, Marquette is 4-4, four four, but Marquette is playing essentially for the conference championship in tonight's game against Menominee. So if they can win, they're hoping conference champion on their resume is enough to get them in as a 5-4 team. Gwynn is taking on Munising, who got whitewashed last week against Ishpeming. To their credit, Ishpeming does that to a lot of teams. They did it last night against Bark River Harris. And they will look to punch their ticket to the postseason. It would be their second time in three years after having previously not been there since 1998. So Dion Brown has done a wonderful job over there. And the model towners are right on the cusp of getting into the 2018 Michigan High School football playoffs. They can do so tonight. If they take down Munising, we'll be keeping an eye on that one. And, of course, we'll talk to Dion tomorrow morning in the Saturday Morning Coaches Show. Don't forget, tune into that on ESPN-UP, the ESPN-UP mobile app. 9 o'clock, we will talk with the area coaches. We'll see how Week 9 went for all of them. All of them will have been played, barring some unforeseen circumstance, by that time. And we will have a better idea where they're heading as far as the postseason next week, if they're heading there at all. Again, Sunday is the statewide selection show. Everybody will find out their postseason fates. Everybody finds out what is going to happen to them moving forward. Don't forget that we will have NLCS coverage tonight, Game 6 of the National League Championship Series. The L.A. Dodgers trying to punch their ticket to the World Series. They try to do it at the expense of the Milwaukee Brewers tonight at Miller Park. If there is a Game 7 tomorrow night, that can also be heard here on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP mobile app. Dan Schulman will have the play-by-play. Half of the bracket is set as the Boston Red Sox punch their ticket through last night. Who is going to join them in the World Series? We know Game 1 and 2 will be in Boston. That's going to do it for us on the Friday Kickoff Coaches Show. Again, Tanner Hoops with you. Glad that you're with us. We have two teams going tonight. Three of them already playing last night. Week 9 of the Michigan high school football season. And we have 50-degree temperatures. Gotta love it. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., for the Saturday Morning Coaches Show. We discuss Week 9 among the area teams. Signing off from ESPN WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette, I'm Tanner Hoops. Enjoy your Friday.